0: And it's not necessarily a, a place of where I'm I'm saying that you shouldn't eat or you shouldn't enjoy Thanksgiving more so than I am coming from a spiritual point of view of saying that there are some things that we should eat and then there are some things that we shouldn't eat. Um, for instance, uh, the enemy of our souls was dealing with me all this week, you know, Um, I have a certain issue that that pastor and uh, some of you are aware of uh, that I got diagnosed with and uh, it causes problems in my feet. And the enemy was trying to get me to pick up the phone and call pastor and say, no, I don't don't think I'm ready this week. Uh, My feet are hurting me and um, it's going to be too much for me to stand up there and minister. Now, I could have fed myself that I could have eaten that and not done the will of God. But then I said, no, I'm going to do God's will because God says that his grace is sufficient. And so I took him at his word and I believed him and I prayed and I rebuked the enemy. And here I am before you today. The overconsumption of food and other dietary items is one of the number one reasons of, for a lot of the health issues. Our world faces in general and that America is challenged by, in particular. If we're honest, who doesn't, have a full, who doesn't like to have a full stomach when they're finished eating? Who among us doesn't occasionally overeat at least once, maybe twice a year, if not more, if we're honest? The point is, a lot of the disciplines we exercise throughout the year gets abandoned during the holidays. It's during these times we experience the nostalgia of previous holiday meals. The totality of our favorite food items are conjured up on the screen of our imaginations. The sounds and the sights and of the spread that is being freshly prepared for us. They cross our, our minds and they remind us of the things that are to come and things that have been in the past. So I'm excited today And I can hardly wait until I can take a mouthful of all of that deliciousness that my family is preparing for us. How about yourself? Amen. On a more serious note, as I was preparing this message and contemplating the significance of Thanksgiving, I couldn't help but notice the gentle impressions the Holy Ghost was making on my mind of how thankful we ought to be over the things that he has provided for us. Of our need to be intentional about our attitude of gratitude. If we are not careful, we could take God's provision for granted. And as a result, our perception of Him and all of His sufficiency can become blurred. So I don't stand before you today not as a man uh, who isn't grateful, but as someone who is very thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for redemption. I'm thankful for the thief well i'm i'm sorry I'm thankful that the thief can no longer rob, steal, kill, or destroy that I have been endued with spiritual power and the ability to enjoy the life of abundance Jesus came and secured for us through his death, burial, and subsequent resurrection. Hallelujah. Paul said the apostle paul said. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, the King James Version. Now I want to take a look at that same verse of Scripture from the Amplified Bible. And the Amplified Bible reads as this: it says. But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. And that's one of the things that a lot of us have to contemplate. A lot of us have to think about. All of us have been called uh, into the service of God. All of us have a place in the body of Christ. Everybody has a place in our in our church to serve and to be active and to be involved in what God is doing and what God is trying to do. He's, he's trying to redeem. He's trying to reconcile the world back into himself. He began this process through Jesus, but now Jesus is gone. He's no longer here in the flesh. He's here in the, in the spirit dwelling on the inside of us and he needs our bodies. He needs our minds. He needs our voices. He needs our hands to reach out to people and touch people so that when they, when they see you, they can see him. When they feel you, they can feel him. And when they are impressed by your care, they know that it is Jesus working through you that is allowing you to identify with their hurts, their pains, their sufferings, or whatever they're going through. And that allows you to be able to have compassion with them and to uh, sympathize with them. The Apostle Paul also said that he said that he had to keep under his body that it was imperative for him to strictly discipline his body like a boxer, making his body his slave instead of being instead of becoming a slave to his body when it comes to, to spiritual and natural discipline, both require commitment and the will to persevere the workout that boxers put themselves through uh, for a bout that they're about to engage in. is considered one of, one of the most strenuous exercises a person can go through. But without commitment, discipline, and perseverance, we won't, we won't uh, allow the Holy Ghost to guide us. We won't allow the Holy Ghost to walk, uh, to, to walk us, allow us to walk in the spirit of God as, as he has called us to do um a lot of the a lot of the things that we we go through uh it takes faith, and faith is intangible because you can't see it, it's not something that you can grasp, but God's calls us to have faith. God calls us to uh have faith in things that we can't see. The Word of God says faith now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, so even though I'm hoping for something that I can't see. My faith makes it tangible. My faith gives it substance or gives substance to the thing that I'm hoping for, even though I can't see it. And the only way that your faith muscles can be exercised is by you believing in God. You have to believe. You have to personally say within your own self, within your own constitution, I'm going to believe God more than I'm going to believe the world I'm going to believe God more than I believe my circumstances and the situation that I'm going through. No matter what the doctor has said to me, no matter how my body is trying to uh, rise up and, and, and make me feel like not moving or getting up and doing what I normally would do. I'm going to have enough faith in God. To believe that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So without commitment, discipline, and perseverance, we won't walk in the spirit. Ultimately, we will rely on our own ability and strength, and everything God would accomplish through us would be a mess. It has been said that believers have two natures that can be likened to two dogs. One representing the natural man, the other the spiritual man. Which one are are we feeding is the question that I want to raise today. Because we need to be able to reconcile this question because whichever dog or whichever nature is getting fed the most becomes the strongest. And likewise, whichever nature or whichever dog is fed the least by default will become weaker. The Amplified Bible says in Matthew 5 and 6, blessed joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with God for they will be completely satisfied. Now I know that as we go into this holiday season, a lot of us are, are, are not necessarily hungry but we're ready to eat some good food, food that we don't normally eat throughout the throughout the, uh, the year. But God says that You are blessed that you will be joyful and that you will be nourished by his goodness if you are hungry and that you are thirsty for righteousness and you're thirsty for a right standing with him. And a part of being in the right standing with him means that we are agreeing with his will for our lives. That when we read his word, we take him at his word and that we believe that the spirit of God will empower us to do his word. Not only when we're at church. But when we're at home, when we're on our job, when we're in our community and we're dealing with a, with a neighbor that may not believe or um, we're, de- we're dealing with our children that may not uh, be acting the way that we would like for them to act at a, at a certain time, you know, it takes faith and it takes a belief and a confidence in God that um, he's going to turn that thing around and that he's going to touch our children. He's going to touch our neighbor. He's going to touch that coworker that is so difficult And he's going to make a way for us to endure and for us to persevere. When you and I are seeking right standing with God, we're feeding our spiritual man and starving the natural, our our natural man. The enemy of our soul loves to manipulate people that are close to us or that have spiritual authority over us to cause an offense or to make us think we have been offended. Either way, Whether real or imagined, we still have to respond with the spirit and the mind of Christ and not be and not be distracted by these tactics. With the natural eye, it is easy to see if a person has been eating. Whether they have been eating or or, excuse me, whether what they have been eating is healthy or unhealthy. We can see if they have been eating enough over or under eating as well. However, when it comes to our spiritual, uh, our spiritual condition and health, our deficiency is less obvious. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who can look past our posturing, our grandstanding, that he can discern what we need and not only discern what we need, but he can give us what we need and, how we, and, and administer to us how we need it. Aren't you thankful that God has proven Himself to be our present help in our time of need? Um, I don't know about you, but there's been times that even in my in my my natural family, my immediate family, where I I, I really needed assistance. I needed not necessarily financial assistance, but I, assistance. But I needed emotional assistance. I needed uh, psychological assistance, and I just needed someone to be there. I needed someone, not necessarily to. To pump me up, but I just needed someone I needed to, someone to be there to say, hey it's going to be okay I, care. I'm, I'm, I love you and I 'm here for you and i didn't I didn't have that always. Um, maybe some of you did, but I didn't, but I thank God that he never leaves me and he never forsakes me I'm thankful that he proves time and time again, no matter what i 'm going through or what i'm facing. That he, he's there for me. He cares for me. and He loves me unconditionally. And there's nothing that he wouldn't do for me. And I'm thankful that his word bears this out as well, because when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, God didn't God did not get stuck on their failure and transgression. He looked past that to their greatest need, which was to be reconciled back to him. God was God has has and always will be or will always will be seeking a way to reconcile us back to him himself to reconcile his highest form of creation back to him he's not looking for an excuse to condemn us as some some people say or some people think but he's looking for a way to ultimately save us this is his goal this is his promise and the promise of the gospel is is and always will be love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. If not, the entire point of redemption is missed. And if these elements aren't the basis of our relationship with our Savior, then I don't know what, I don't know what foundation we're standing on. For God so loved the world, as it says in John three sixteen and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So if God is not condemning the world, he definitely isn't condemning the church, his body, his bride. Amen? There's a lady uh, that I'm that I'm familiar with that I watch on YouTube from time to time, and her name is uh, Vesta Lane Mangun. and she is the matriarch of the dynamic church in Alexandria, Louisiana, the Pentecostal assemblies. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the Pentecostal uh, Pentecostals of Alexandria, and she profoundly influenced her audience with a message she delivered during an annual minister's conference that was being hosted by their church. And she said that God did not walk through the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve's disobedience with an attitude of disgust and anger. That he did not spit out his question, where are you in rancor? Instead, he asked his his renowned question with a sob. Meaning in human terms, God had a broken heart. God God was disappointed, God was very saddened by their disobedience, but he was not angry, he was not upset with them. And the way that she characterized God's response to their plight revolutionized my view of the sinner and the way and the wayward child of God. Because a broken relationship summons the love of God, not his revenge. It actually activates forgiveness and not divine retribution. It sets the grace of God not a curse into motion. The question is often asked, what are you thankful for? If I were to take a poll in Branches Church today, I'm sure the answers that will be given will be as diverse as the background and culture that God has brought us out of. But as for me, I'm grateful, and I'm thankful that God has taken care of our greatest need. I'm thankful he didn't think the price was too lofty or too expensive to pay. I'm thankful he and humbled at the same time because not one drop of animal or human blood has the power to set us free. There's absolutely nothing that we can do to be restored back into a right relationship with our God but exercise complete faith and confidence in what he has done for us on the cross. The word of God says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure, for a good man some would dare to die but god commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us for that i am i'm i'm thankful i i, I you know that that just floors me every time i read that i can never just comprehend the depths of god's love for us um in general, and, and for me in particular, because I know where he brought me from. I know where I was when when he found me and when he started saving me and cleaning me up and changing my mind, and ooh, Dura was a mess. I'm here to tell you, Dura was a mess. But as I bring this message to a close... I want to open up the altar. I want to let you know that the altar is open, that it is available because I want to give God the opportunity to minister to us this morning. And I feel like he's ready to bless us with his manifest presence. I feel like he's ready to consecrate himself and concentrate himself in the midst of our congregation. If we would just open ourselves up to the awareness of what he's trying to do. There are some things that only God can do in an atmosphere that has been charged with Him to be received. And I want more of God this morning. I want to be changed into His image and His likeness. I don't want to remain as I was prior to being born again. I want everything that is not of God to be taken out of me and everything that is of God to be supplanted with his, with his presence, with his character, with his spirit. I want, I want God to, to superimpose his characteristics on me. I want him to, to use me in a mighty way, not so that I can be seen or that I can be heard, but that I can give something back to him for what he has done for me, that I can show him how grateful I am, how much I love him, how much I adore him, how much I appreciate everything that he has done for me. And I hope that you feel the same way. I hope that you, as we enter into Thanksgiving, as we go into this week and we go here towards Thursday and we have family members coming in or we're going to visit family members. I, I, I pray that uh, our thankfulness will not just be about family, Or just won't be on the natural, but it will be on the supernatural. It'll be on God being in our midst, even as we celebrate with family and friends. Because He is, He's here. He's here today in the sanctuary, in this service, and He wants to minister to us. So the altar is open. If you want to come down, church family, if you want to come down and you want to pray, if you have a need, you have a hurt, anything in your body, you're welcome to come. Pastor will pray with you. I will pray with you. And we will just pray that God will have his way and that he will do what he wants to do in this service this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I know sometimes that we sit back and we don't want to move because we're we're concerned about our neighbor. We're concerned about the people that are sitting next to us or the people in the church that we don't know that well and how they're going to look at us if we come to the altar. They're going to think that maybe I'm not as close to God as they thought I was or I don't have it all together. But it's not about that. This moment right here, right now, is about you and God. It's about you and God connecting. It's about you and God and your personal relationship, being open, being vulnerable, being intimate with him in such a way that he can touch you and that he can administer something to you that only can be given in this moment in the service. So I implore you, I, I, I ask you, that if, if there's anyone, if you have any need, please come, come to the altar. Don't hesitate. Don't sit back and wait on anyone else. Or think about what anybody else is going to think about you because it's all about Him. It's not about us, it's about Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just stand with me. Thank you, Daryl, for that word. Aren't you grateful today for a Lord who loves us so much? Would send his only begotten son to a cross. Praise God. Why don't we take a moment, and welcome the Spirit of the Lord here to minister and speak to us? Our wife's gonna begin to sing.